Welcome to Spirit for Success, a podcast for kick-ass ladypreneurs with spirit, smarts, sass, and style who want to succeed at business, life, and love with ease and grace. Want to see what other fabulousness we have in store for you? Go to spirit, the number four, success.com. That's www.spiritforsuccess.com. Now to your kick-ass and sparkly hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Hi, I'm Rach. And I'm Therese. <laughs> Welcome to Spirit for Success. I have no idea if it's going to be a podcast or it's a video or a masterclass, but we're doing it anyway because we can. <laughs> <laughs> we just finished a radio show where we talked about um, the resistance in getting exactly what you want. And we've yes. got some great stories around how we worked out that this is kind of a stealth way of self-sabotage in a lot of ways. So I'm going to throw it over to Therese to tell us a little bit more about this topic. Yeah, well, we were on our Success Circle membership call and it sort of came up in there in a roundabout way. We were talking to somebody who is... a she works really hard and we both know it. She is doing all the, the homework that we assign to getting in alignment, to getting with what you want, to getting in alignment with ease and grace around your life and business. However, um, she works in a very specific sphere. And so she was applying these principles to her life in general. But whenever she'd get into this sphere of her business, she would kind of, it was like, uh, the image that came up in my mind was like, it was a world and to enter the world, she had to go through like a metal detector. And it was like, she was stripped of all of her tools for how to manifest, how to make it easy, how to get in alignment to let it just flow for her. And she'd go all the way back into resistance. And, um, when I saw that in her energetic field, I realized that this is happening. Um, and for me, even, it was like a new layer <laughs> had been stripped. So our last full moon um, spirit circle, which was a really amazing process, we really just decided certain patterns were done. Not ha- We said, fuck it, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Done, fuck it. <laughs> and here's the thing. Guess what? It is over. Except now... <laughs> some underlying stuff that was behind it can now surface and be present in your life. And what surfaced for me was this really tiny thought that I didn't even know was there. And the thought was, what if I don't get exactly the life I want? Like maybe I'll get some parts of it, but I won't get exactly what I want. And it was a small thought, but man, was it a big downer. <laughs> I just woke yeah. up that day going, this is hard. <laughs> she called me and she goes, I just found this thing. I'm like, huh, interesting that you say that because I, I kind of know that I've got that running in the background too. Um, and then when we started to really talk about it, we started to ask questions around where did that come from? How long has mm-hmm. that been there? Actually, it's been there a long, long time. And we started to compare some notes. And what we found out is that there was one year, you know, way back when and we both we both wanted for christmas from santa 
um, Barbie dolls or Barbie related paraphernalia. For me, it was like the bus and the, the dream house and, you know, everything Barbie that I could possibly get. And it was on the list and for Therese too. <laughs> and for whatever reason that year, we got subpar Barbie. We got inferior. We got cheap ass replicas. <laughs> so right, mum and dad, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, but it kind of set up, maybe not set up, but kind of bolstered this belief that we can't always get what we want and that sometimes, and maybe if we focused on it, we'd think all the time, we would yeah. only ever get something that's similar, maybe kind of close, but not exactly. Yeah, like you're never going to actually go all the way to you're the going to get Barbie. <laughs> you're going to get, exactly. So it, what it did actually was it was one of the first moments that I'm consciously aware where a seed of doubt was planted in me it was just this little seed of just like <laughs> you know that life that reality in fact is hard to navigate and that no matter how much you bust your ass you might not ever get the house or the car or the debt-free life or the vacation or the job or the recognition or blah you know blah 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 <laughs> all this stuff a long list <laughs> i know right well that's what happened when that thought came up it was like i went on the laundry list of what i'm trying to create i was like oh my god you know it it was it was sad and it was very defeatist it like took all the air out of my um tires it was like it's really hard to drive on flat tires okay and yeah, it's like it's if you, and if you feel like you are not going to get to your destination. It's like, imagine that you're trying to drive to a five-star resort and you end up at the like motel six or something like you don't really want to drive there, do you? You're just kind of like, no, can I avoid that? You know, you're going to sit there and you're going to fuck things up kind of on purpose because it's, what are you really going to get? Right. The fear is that it's not going to be as great. Um, well, there's an additional part to that too. Like it's, the fear is that it's not going to be as great. And there's a part of you that starts to plan for or make sure that, you know, even if you don't get what you want, that you won't be disappointed with what you get. So you kind of have it in your mind that, well, you know, at least if I get this, then I've kind of got what I want. You know, we should be grateful for it and all that stuff that we tell right. ourselves. We prepare <laughs> for the, the disappointment of not getting exactly what we want, but that splits our energy. It's pleasant. Yes. And, and do you hear what she said there? We prepare to get for what we don't want. And when, whatever you're preparing for is what you're going to get. So if you don't even realize that you're starting to prepare to get the less than, you're already, you're the one conjuring it. You're the one calling it into your existence. Fading the wolf. There you exactly. go. Exactly. So, so that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So You've seen that meme, which talks about there's two wolves, right? And they represent uh, positivity and negativity, um, you know, desired experience, unwanted experience. And whichever you feed, meaning whichever you're putting, preparing for or giving your attention to, that's the one that gets stronger. And I noticed for me that most of my early manifesting behavior was about trying to like kill the other, the negative wolf. It was like, try to turn it off, try to kill it, try to stop it. It's not going to happen anymore. And that's how I'm going to get what I want. And in truth, well, that is a control type A, <laughs> if 
perfectionist control freak way of approaching it and it's very difficult and it is literally fighting nature you're trying to fight um the very fabric of the universe when you try to stop that wolf or that rather um like abraham hicks calls it the channel right like tuning the knobs on a radio station you can't like take out that radio frequency you can but however you can tune into the frequency of what you want which is what we talk about all the time and we hear all the time this is something that um it's reese very aptly put it when she channeled this through before our radio show before was that um it's not about tuning out what you don't want because it always exists but tuning into what you do want. So as an example, I mean, there's a lot of, at this point in time, people are upset that Trump's gotten in and their focus is, you know, what, what they're in anxiety about the potential future of what could happen and, and they're upset about the people who supported him and vice versa with Hillary. So they're, they're very tuned in to the thing they don't want because they're trying mm-hmm. to push against it. It's like um, Mother Teresa said about war. She would never go on a, a rally against war because that's just trying to fight war with war. But she right. would put herself in a rally where it was about creating more peace. So it, again, it's tuning into what she really wants. So it's the same with anything that we want to have, the exact thing that we want to have in our lives. It's about tuning into what we really want and stop trying to control or remove or change the thing you don't want. Make sense? Totally. And what, so one of the things that I noticed for me, just like with our, our client that had the um, business that was a separate world, was that I had at some point in my life um, put my desired experiences or I put it, my spiritual life in one orb and I put reality in the other orb. So guilty and what I was, that too. <laughs> I was trying to do was bridge. I was trying to build a bridge. I was trying to like force them to come together and coexist rather than and what that does is as soon as you do that, you're, you're the one compartmentalizing and separating it. So it wasn't separate to start with. The two wolves are really symbolically one wolf. And it's like how you tame the wolf is how it behaves. The, even, so even that original metaphor, I would change it now, recognizing that it's how you treat the wolf is how the wolf will treat you how you treat the, your reality is how it will treat you. So if you are separating it, and um, so like Abraham Hicks talks about jumping into the vortex or tuning into you know, happiness FM or whatever. So if you go over to your spiritual life and you build your business and you build the life, and, and I do this and Rach does this and we teach other people to do this, go over there and you're building this empire of what you want. And then you go, back to reality. So already what you can feel that, as I say that, that you've shifted your energy from have to have not. Right? Yeah. Constant (laughs) trying to merge two things that you are creating as separate. When you realize um, that reality has the entire spectrum in it, it's got everything that's positive in it and it's got everything that's negative. And just like Rach and I were talking about when we went looking for examples of how we didn't get exactly what we wanted, reality provided. And in fact, Rach has a great metaphor about this. We talked about it on the radio show, but it bears repeating because it's so strong. 
tell them about the Google. The Google. <laughs> I know, right? I saw the like, Google. Yeah. I'm just going to put it down to pregnancy brain. Yes, I called it the Google. I'll admit it. <laughs> so it. our minds and what we focus on in the energy output is very much like going onto the Google <laughs> and putting into the search the search bar what you want to see because all evidence exists like your life has been made up of how many seconds of information so it's pretty fair to say that you've experienced a lot of things so when you start to look for stuff like we looked for when we we came across this belief of we don't always get what we want we started looking for the evidence where that was true to work out you know how did it happen where was it but you can equally look for the evidence and we did for where it is true Hang on, is true isn't true where anyway where you can get exactly what you want so one of the examples which was funnily enough when we talked about it later we both a year or two later wanted a cabbage patch doll and we both got it we both got it. yes i got two actually <laughs> bitch bonus. i'm sorry I just, bonus that's the that's the uh, bonus of having divorced parents at a young age <laughs> nice. extra christmas exactly <laughs> so it's when you decide and we've talked about your reticular activating system and the way that we focus our attention on what we want so when we put into the when we focus we get clear about what is it we want or what we're looking for you will find the evidence now here's yes. how it becomes empowering or disempowering it depends on what you were looking for when yeah. we looked for, when we looked for evidence to say that we don't always get what we want or not exactly what we want we found it and that oh, dragged totally. us down and we were putting we were feeding that wolf when we switched and started to look for evidence where we got exactly what we want or better, because there's another part to it, then we yeah. started to notice the evidence of where we actually got what we wanted and surprises and bonuses and things worked out better than we could imagine. So when you start doing that, it produces a different feeling inside you. It starts to bolster the belief that or whatever belief you actually want to be taking on that takes you down the path of getting exactly what you want. Yeah. So think about it. Like Rach said, it's literally like the Google and this is how it works. <laughs> I'm calling it the Google from now on. So just, just so you know, that's happening. <laughs> but um, if you were to type into Google horrendous car crashes, it would search the World Wide web and it would bring you back all evidence of horrendous car crashes, right? Now, if you go into the Google and you type in random acts of kindness, it, that, it would search the exact same internet, not going to a different, a happy internet. It's the same <laughs> internet. <laughs> it is the exact same internet. <laughs> it is the exact same internet. And it would bring you back examples of random acts of kindness. So it's, it is us who are in control. We're in control when we go type into our the Google browser, and we are in control when we are looking for evidence in our lives that things work or they don't. Because guess what? You're always going to find evidence. And then that will connect you to what you're emotionally feeling, which then starts to energetically go out into the universe and starts to attract in exactly what matches. So it's yeah. shifting, shifting your focus, shifts how you feel, shifts what you then attract in. And Rach made a great point about the, the RAS or the reticular activating system in our brain. So there is a, a mechanism, it's at the back of our skull. I mean, it's right there, I think above the brain stem. 
um, that clocks for us what we're focusing on. So it's like, for example, you know, they, the Volkswagen Jetta, right? If you notice the Volkswagen, oh, for us, it's the, uh, it's the Mini, Mini Cooper. So <laughs> yeah. once I notice the Mini Cooper, I see Mini Coopers everywhere. And I don't have to try. I just notice it. It's the same with what we are Googling in our brain. So if we're looking for evidence that life is shit and then you die, guess what? All you have to do is look for it a couple of times and then all of a sudden you get lots of examples of how life is shit and then you die. You get an overwhelming number of examples. Now, unfortunately, some people get caught in that and think that's it. All right. There's the overwhelming evidence and nothing else is true. Mm. However, you know, and that's why major events shake people, right? Like major things that happen in people's lives, like big accidents or health scares, you know, things that shake them out and shake, it's like they shake loose their, their RAS in their brain. And mm. it's like clearing all the, the, the data because when you go into that place, you're like, I am desperate for proof of something good. I'm looking for hope. You go looking for hope and guess what you find? Hope. You go looking for where things are good. You get more of it. You go looking for how life has taken care of you and continues to take care of you. You get more. This is why they say gratitude. Like this is why yes. gratitude is such a big part of the, the attraction and manifesting formula because the more you get into alignment with gratitude and focus on what you can be grateful of, for and of, the more you produce that emotion in your body that then goes out into the universe and then goes, oh, more of that. Okay, more of that. So it's and what you focus on, changes what you feel, changes what you're attracting. Absolutely. And you notice that, again, the RAS is working for you. It, it's um, non-partial, right? So it's not judging whether this information <laughs> is ultimately for your best good or mental health. It's just, its job is to recognize patterns. Mm -hmm. So when we teach the four intelligences to people, the mental intelligence's job, uh, it's what some people think before they get into the holistic intelligence is that the brain is doing everything. No, it's not. <laughs> That's the short answer. It's healthy function is being the gatekeeper to your reality. So it's taking in, if you are working with a holistic intelligence where you're using spirit, you're using mind, you're using heart and body intelligence, it's taking all of that in and the reticular activator is actually working in your favor because you're listening to more than just the brain. You are looking for things that cannot be um, hard fact. You're going with, you like, you're like, it feels good. Yeah. And you're picking up that bigger sense of like how things work. Like you, um, God, there was a cheesy movie I saw, but I think it was called Mr. Right. It had Anna Kendrick and Sam. Something. Who's the guy who's always dancing? Sam Rockwell. There we go. Thank you. I would never have got that. I've got no idea what the names are, but anyway, continue. <laughs> well, one, it was a bad movie. It was on, it's on HBO right now. If anybody's interested. <laughs> What I did like about it is he was like a CIA, he was like an ex-CIA operative or something. And he was, he, he was known for like being impervious to being killed. Like they just couldn't kill him. And she's like, how do you do it? And he's like, you just start to feel the energy. Like he could feel where the bullet was going to be before it got there. And he just kind of moved out of the way so the bullet could continue to pass through. And so he was like throwing knives at her and she was catching him. 
little ridiculous, but I liked the point. The point is that when you're using your holistic intelligence, it's like you start to get into that matrix feeling of like, whoa, whoa. You just know. You just know. You just feel it. No. One with right. the So going back to the point <laughs> was the RAS is the gatekeeper to your reality. It is what is filtering things for you. So if you keep feeding it uh, horrendous car crashes, like a Google, like the Google search, it will start, <laughs> it'll start looking for, oh, remember that one Christmas where things were really bad and remember how um, you wanted this car and you saved up money and then the car was more expensive than you thought. So you got this crappy car or I don't know, just it, it will naturally select those things because you taught it to filter that. If you go into the place where um, stuff is good and even shitty situations turn out great, uh, I have a great example of that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, share. Yeah. So I actually love city, city situations. That's not a word. Shitty. Yes, now. <laughs> the Google. Shitty situations are actually big gifts. Always are. Remember that. <laughs> if you remember anything I tell you, shitty situations are huge gifts. Um, so we had a car that was acting up and we took it in to get a checkup. And at the, you know, unfortunately, mechanic shops are kind of classically known for telling you the worst case scenario about your car and giving you the gloom and doom story and being like, it's going to cost. 20 million dollars to fix your car so <laughs> either you fix it now or it's going to explode when you drive home. Yep. that'll shake anybody up especially when you've got small kids like you don't want to you're afraid to drive your car so we got this news and again having all the training that we provide and have practiced for years I went into the calm space and I'm like, you know, I, I made a joke about it actually. I was like, yes, we're getting a new car kind of <laughs> as a joke. Um, and then I stayed calm and just went into the, went into what's my next step. Mm. Always the next thing you do. And, and so a whole bunch of information came about like, well, here's possibilities. You could look and see what car loans are like. You could, look into uber because you heard a rumor that they you know they can help you get a car you look into whatever it is that that's going to feel easy and get into alignment and is a small action towards getting what you want long story short the car was not a death trap <laughs> like proclaimed it was fine um but i man we manifested a new car and we weren't expecting it and we, and it became way easier than we thought. We thought, okay, we're going to have to like, um, cause you know, getting a new car at Christmas, not really on the list when you're thinking about, especially when, uh, three of your family members have birthdays around December, <laughs> that's just getting a new car just isn't really in the, the cards. Um, so we went into this place of like, okay, somehow it's going to work and somehow, you know, it'll all align. Like I either. Um, I will find a, a good loan or uh, I will get uh, a stream of income that will support that happening quickly. Um, and in the meantime, my, my current car is safe. And we really kind of like were at peace with this. And the thoughts around it, I, I had a choice. 
I could have really panicked and gone into, oh my God, this car is going to fall apart at any minute. Um, everybody's unsafe and it's a struggle and it's hard. That would I would have found evidence in my brain to support those thoughts. Instead, going into that place of this is easy, it's all going to work out better than expected. Um, worst case scenario, I like to do, actually worst case scenario helps me stay positive. Helps me too. You, helps me I, too. And, and I'll tell you what, because the worst case scenario is usually something I can actually function with. So worst case scenario would be the car just dies and uh, we have to walk everywhere for a while. And I thought to myself, well, it's forcing me to exercise and I wanted to exercise more. Um, and I lived in New York for 11 years. I can handle it. Walking is no big deal. Um, and so that was like this, when I realized that that was as scary as it could get. And I was like, that's not that bad. And I stopped participating emotionally in anxiety or fear. And what ended up happening was within around 24 hours, I was called, my dad called me up and he was like, I bought you a car. And I was like, okay. Thanks. <laughs> that rocks. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. Um, just the point being that it came, I didn't expect it. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of these situations where I'm like, somebody bail me out. I was like, I have got this. And when that happens, it's like this world opens up in yourself. And it's not always going to be a person outside of you who comes in and helps you. But a lot of times you'll, you'll find it in yourself. You'll find the resources. You'll find the capacity. Um, you will find the creativity that maybe you thought you were missing. I mean, shitty situations really are great for creativity. <laughs> they don't I'm, feel very nice at the time, let's be honest, but they're yeah. a huge opportunity to, to really look at what's coming up. What are you focused on? Like we've talked about all, all this video. What are you focused on and how can you get into alignment with the best case scenario? Absolutely. And you know about the, they don't feel good part. I want to say that it took years for me to move into recovery faster. So recovery time, what do I mean by that? I mean, like when it happened, was I shocked? Was I scared? Did I go into fear? Of course I did. I mean, knee jerk reaction. I, you know, my survival mode is just as active as everybody else's. However, I, from, from the constant work that we do and just knowing where the fear takes you and knowing that I don't want to go there, I um, spend a lot less time recovering. Mm -hmm. It used to take me, I mean, I'm sure it's taken me years at one point and then it took months and then it was a couple weeks and then it was a couple days. Now it's like 20 minutes to 30 minutes, maybe an hour on a bad subject. Yep. Same here. And a big part of it is having a tribe of people who know how you're, you want to be thinking. Yeah. I mean, I will, I mean, the tribe is a power that you definitely want to tap into having people around you who think like you, it's a tribe that you select, right? And it's, there are people who are, um, who share similar beliefs as you. Um, I, I love having a tribe of people who are all dedicated to, um, self-improvement or self-awareness or expansion and growth when that's, kind of their focus is that um, 
that there's more. They don't know what it is, but they're willing to look for it. Those are the best people, I think. And having in your tribe to having particularly in a circle like Teresa and I, we tend to go to each other when we know that we're having a knee jerk reaction to something. And sometimes in that, in that initial reaction, it it is a little bit overwhelming and it's like, Oh crap, what do I do with this? So having someone on the outside who knows this stuff, who understands how to get out of it and what is the best for you, but also acknowledges your fear. That's the other important part. Then it's quicker and easier to move through the knee-jerk reaction into the place of acceptance, surrender, and then the place of action. That's kind of the way it tends to go. So you, you knee-jerk into fear, anxiety, holy crap, what the fuck? And then it's like, okay, not that. I accept that these are the things I can't change. I surrender to this process. I allow this to be part of my journey, whatever thousand words you say. And then you move into, right, what can I do? What is the inspired action here? What do I need to, to move through or, or deal with to get to what's my best case scenario? What's my exact outcome that I would love to have happen? This or something better. <laughs> I always love that part. <laughs> I do like the something better. Yes. Better than I can imagine is my other one. Yeah. Anything that's yes. better than I can imagine. Takes me out of and the Rach, equation. Oh, Rach totally said that. I mean, I love it because yeah, when I did call her, I was like, okay. I mean, for me, I love, I love my husband. He is so freaking fabulous and he's getting, he's getting closer to trusting more and more all the time, but we're sort of like a, a Laurel and Hardy couple sometimes. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like his immediate reaction is to like really go deep into the panic and fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it reminds me of the movie date night with Tina Fey and, and, um, What's his name? Oh, we'll see. I'm doing it to you again. I can't <laughs> help Steve you. Carell. There we go. Just, you know, in really, the, the joke is that in relationships, when one person panics, the other's kind of unnaturally calm. The, like they can yeah. stay calm. Yeah. And then when they, when the other person calms down, the other one can go into panic. <laughs> so that's, that's not how it always it works. So. <laughs> well, that, thankfully, it's been like that over mm. here. Like, if I go into massive panic, you will be pretty calm it depends well i guess it and truly it sort of depends on how it's affecting mm. the person like what the situation is and what the impact is on each person right um but it's nice it's so nice to have somebody or a group of somebodies mm. that you can turn to who are objective that it's not affecting them mm. so that they can hold the space for you of where you want to be mm. even if you're not there yet yeah, that's why, you know, with the, the success circle members, this is the kind of group we're cultivating in that group so that, yeah. you know, we acknowledge that shit happens. It shit's always going to happen. It's just part of life yes. and growth and evolution and comes with the territory. So having a supportive group that understands this at the deepest possible level that won't fall into your victim mode but will allow you the time and space to move through it and help you to move through it and into solution mode to align again with exactly what you want better. So it's, it's having your inner circle and your tribe are an extremely critical part of being able to create the kind of life that you're after because we're going to go through this shit regularly. <laughs> and it can be really good. I mean, yes. the shit moments. Uh, well, here's one of the things it forced me to do. It's I gold in them. Ah! He, <laughs> I got a little slee stack. My my son is down there. <laughs> um, 
it forced me to look at things that I didn't want to look at. I'm, I'm not a naturally business oriented person who likes to look at projections and numbers and things like that. But because I was considering applying for a business loan or a car loan or whatever, it got me to look at my finances. And what I found out was how much had grown in a year. And I'm like, damn, why wasn't I looking at that? That would have made me feel good like a month ago, three, you know, five months ago. It, it really got me to, um, it actually re-empowered me because I could see my growth. And looking backwards, you know, when you're going through a crappy situation, another, in fact, we usually do our little five tip things, like how to get into alignment to getting exactly what you want. Yep one of the things I would suggest is look backwards, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in that place of like, I'm not going to get it or I'm in a shitty situation. Are you really, have you grown? Mm -hmm. Has something amazing happened that you've totally now taken for granted because some shitty situation has appeared. Right. I mean, we do this a lot, Rach and I, we remind Mm -hmm. each other to look back every once in a while, especially when we're are trying to problem solve. Yeah. which I am definitely trying not to use those words anymore. I call it, instead of problem solving, that is the same as focusing on the negativity mm-hmm. or the lack or the generic Barbie problem solving. It's in the words problem. Mm-hmm. It shows you where you're focusing. I try to call it solution finding now. Mm. Yep. Which it ha- even the word um, solving and finding have two different energies. So finding has this ease to it. It's like, I'm going to go look for it. It's there. I'm going to find it. And it's in more ease where solving is like, it's hard. Like I have to concentrate when I was actually talking about this with my husband, when I go find something, like, let's say I drop a, I, I do, you know, I work with jewelry. So if I drop a bead on the ground, when I try to find it, what I do is I actually soften my focus so that I can see more out of my peripheral vision. And I just kind of like, instead of trying to focus in my eyes, I soften it so I can see, like look for glints of light <laughs> easier. When I'm trying to solve something, like solve a, an equation or think hard, I'm actually thinking harder. I'm not softening, I'm hardening. Mm. That's what I tell people a lot when they get caught in the problem. So they're, cause they're trying to fix the problem. Step back from the whole thing. Step yes. right back and just put it all down and, and not even try to fix it, but mm-hmm. to step back from the whole situation so you can kind of get a broader context of, you know, what's really going on here? What's the bigger picture? Because not only are you able to see the thing that isn't working, which is where you get sort of narrowly focused, but you're able to see once you step back, it's like, oh, well, you can see the positive side of this. You know, what is this bringing you to do? What is like with Therese, it, it forced her to do, look at the numbers and be able to see, oh my God, I've like triple and doubled my income yes. here and here and here. And like, we're both sitting there going, well, that's pretty fucking awesome. I know. Right? I was like, what? <laughs> so stepping back, when you find things are a struggle, it's because you're too close to the issue and you're, you're caught in the issue. So step the fuck back, put it all down. And sometimes yes. distraction is helpful to get that perspective because if you're too in it, you, it's like you're holding onto the bars around it. It's like, I, I want to step back, but I can't. So go do something completely freaking random. Do a spark session, dance, whatever you want to do. That'll help you to step back from it. And then you can come back with fresh eyes and go, well, let's look at the bigger picture. 
Yeah. What's really going on here? And then I would say like step number two is look at the words, look at the way you're framing your questions around life. So the words, we just talked about the difference between problem and solution, the difference between find and solve. Um, but notice what you're the Googling. <laughs> it's notice what, <laughs> oh, it's, I love it. I love it. Um, if you are focusing in on how did I get cheated out of things? How, did, how does life always shortchange me? How do um, people always like disrespect me or um, dismiss one my, me? One of my clients would always talk about when he was doing his work, he was on the grind. And when he said that, I'm oh. like, oh, that feels horrible. So I pointed out to him one, to him one day and he's like, Oh yeah. I said, well, no wonder you don't enjoy your work or it gets to a point where it is a grind. You know, how can it, what word could you use instead that has an energy of this is easy. This is in flow. This is fantastic. I love what I'm doing. So the words you use, think about the energy and the emotion that is attached to the word, switch out the word. Absolutely. And then stop focusing in, um, how are people shitty? Because you'll find examples. Trust me. I mean, we can dole out some examples right now. Instead, think about, um, you know, how are people awesome to me? You know, how have people like respected me or loved me or surprised me mm. even, you know, yes. if you can't, if it's how, if it's hard to go all the way into the super positive, go into the neutral. Yeah. Like I, I get surprised all the time by people in a good way. Um, you'll find evidence to it and you'll realize that maybe the situation that was triggering the negative thought is more, um, not a regular occurrence and not even your regular daily occurrence. Now, how often does this happen? You're having a great day and one tiny shitty thing happens Mm. and you let your whole day be about how everybody was a bitch and you know, like it was so hard when really it was like a great day. You went for a walk, you got a coffee, you got to, you know, there was minimal, um, desk work, you know, you Mm -hmm. got to take a longer lunch or something, but one person was rude to you and suddenly the whole day was hard. Yep. That happens a lot. Mm. Yep. What you focus on is what you attract. What you focus on is what you find. End of story. Not only that, but we tend to, um, fabricate internally. (laughs) We're so clever. (laughs) We do. I mean, we, we, I've done, I'm so guilty. I've done this before, but we tend to blow up the shitty moment. We tend to take something we don't like and we let it tone the whole day <laughs> yeah. instead of yeah, the whole day in that week. Exactly. Um, another one is to bring yourself back to the present moment. We talked about this in various yes. things that we've done in the last few days that when you're in a depressed state, that's about usually about things you're focused on in the past, things you can't change, things you wish you'd done differently. Folk, anxiety is focused on or too far into the future because there, the further you go, the more unknown things could happen. And what if this and what if that and what if... Ah! Off you go. Right. So bringing yourself back to being in the moment. We had a couple of things today that we talked about um, where it's, and I love the way Therese put it, was the next thing that you've got to do is your life purpose. So if yes. like for us right now we're doing this video, this is our life purpose. We're not worried <laughs> about, about anything else like Christmas and Christmas lunch and family coming over. Blah, 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 blah. It's, this is what we're doing in this moment. This is our life purpose for this moment. 
And then when this is done, the next thing will be the next thing. For me, it'll probably be a nap. Just saying. <laughs> In that time frame. So it's coming back to the present moment and being in the present moment as much, as much as possible when you find yourself going in either direction and getting into depression or getting into anxiety. Do you want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just one example I like to use about the present moment thing is in my car. I have um, a tendency when I'm in transit to try and strategize what happens next. Like I try to be at the location and doing my thing while I'm in the car. Now this is how a lot of accidents happen actually is because people aren't present. Um, and so this is an area where I started first because I just, I happen to have a history of a few accidents in my youth <laughs> where, cause I was doing that. I was trying to, it was like, I'm going to hurry up and get past this driving part and go be in the part that I want to be in next and be there. Uh, which meant that I wasn't focusing in or I was anxious. I think that's the, the key thing to accidents is there's a lot of anxiety, right? When you go into this place of driving this car safely to my next destination is my life purpose. Man, do you, you, it flows so much easier. It's a great place to practice this theory because you'll notice that people who drive like assholes, uh, you almost kind of, for them compassion you're like man you must really be stressed out like you must really have um something like on your shoulders that makes you think you have to barrel down the road at that speed yep. you know and then, then you send them love and then you realize that actually i've got time to get there mm -hmm. and actually yes i can let this person in oh and that person wants to get in sure fine you know what as long as i'm safe mm -hmm. go i don't care because <laughs> i'm <laughs> safe <laughs> Right, exactly. Fuck it. Um, and then you still get there on time. Mm. It, you're still, and not only that, but you're in a much better place because you're not building up um, tension on top of anxiety like that fucker cut me off and mm. this one, he almost, you know, took out my mirror or blah, blah, blah. You don't, you, you just, you're actually not in that. Um, <laughs> that becomes a that, train wreck in itself. Right. Well, you're not uh, tuned into that station of pain. Mm -hmm. When you go into present moment, life purpose, it's really easy to, to check into the frequency you want to be in. And it's a lot easier to stay there longer. Yeah. So that's probably the next point that we've kind of already talked about a little bit earlier was um, tuning out what you don't want and tuning into what you do want. So stop trying to um, make the thing you don't want stop existing. <laughs> right. Stop, Stop fighting with fight it, really. Nature. Just exactly. There's just Stop no the point. Fight. Stop fighting, um, and that goes for people that you don't want to have yes. to deal with. Which you know, it's the Christmas holiday season right now, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, it goes for situations that are a bit more global, like you know, Trump presidency, war, poverty. There's a whole slew of stuff. Um, noticing what you want to experience in your life and it might be inner peace it might be harmony it might be love abundance prosperity tune into that absolutely tune into that it doesn't mean that you don't care about this other stuff that's yes wrong. yes good point it's about tuning into the energy that will actually have some sort of impact if everybody tuned into peace instead of trying to fight war or fight this or fight that 
we would have a lot more of an accumulation of that peace energy, which as we know, starts to change the way people are, because we're talking about inner shift. This is an inner experience that the external world will start to match. While people yeah. are in conflict and feeling like they need to fight the war or fight these people or shouldn't accept these people, then they continue to invite that into their experience and thus on a worldly and a global scale. One thing I feel in people sometimes is they're afraid to stop watching what they don't want. Mm -hmm. They're really afraid. Like if I stop watching it, that maybe I'm being a irresponsible mm -hmm. B that I'm acting like I don't care when mm -hmm. I do um, see that somehow by watching it, I can control it. No, it doesn't it's work like controlling that. you. Yeah. You're, mm -hmm. you're letting it control you. Um, so really and truly it's okay to put it down and step away from it by just sitting there and watching it is participating in the energy of it. Mm -hmm. It really is. You're actually adding more to it. So if you want something to change in your world, it's okay to stop watching your fears, whatever they are and focus on what you want. Exactly. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. That was four. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I feel like it was five. A There's lot. a chunk of stuff. There yeah. There's a lot of tips in that. So look, we're going to wrap it up there. So this doesn't go on forever because we're really good at talking. And, <laughs> and you know, it, when it comes to getting exactly what you want, you know, there's you know, a number of things we've shared with you today. So write them all down, give them a go, really focus in your energy and, and tune into what you want. And we'd love for you to share what happens when you do that. And the, the amazing things and the miracles and the magic that show up because you're tuned into that instead of what you don't want. And on a final, and on a final note around that, we're asking you to collect evidence of proof mm. that you can and do get exactly what you want. These evidences of proof put, um, give you more energy in trusting the universe, trusting the thing that hasn't shown up yet. So as we talk about, the currency of the universe is trust. You pay your trust and you get the thing, okay? Not so we're saying to build your sense of trust that I really can trust, look for evidence that you did get it, exactly what you want, and start focusing on that. Yay! <laughs> All right, well, until next time, relax. We got this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. We loved having you. Come join our kick-ass community on Facebook. It's called Kick-Ass Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. To get all the latest from Rach and Therese, go to www.spirit4success.com. Again, that's spirit for success. Com. Until next time. <laughs>